What's going on, dirtbags? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Let's get some sponsors out of the way. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Hotshot Brewery. Yeah. They're supporting the podcast by slinging some of our merch. So if you guys got in on that pre-order for the uh, Band of Brothers t-shirt series, well, they should be shipping out hopefully next week. So keep your eyes on that uh, tracking number in your mailboxes. But in the meantime, they do have some sawdust, uh, the sawdust blend. Yeah, that copy that I've been all about lately. They still have some in stock, so uh, definitely swing over there to www.hotshotbrewery.com and get yourself some. Also, check out all of their apparel and all of their tools of the trade to get your morning started right. So, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but they are good coffee for a good cause, and a portion of their proceeds goes back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. So, don't drink crap coffee and hit them up. www.hotshotbrewing.com Another sponsor of the show is going to be the Smoky Generation, also known as the American Wildfire Experience. Yeah, so head over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check them out. Basically what it is, is a digital catalog of wildland firefighting stories dating back all the way to the 1940s. It's pretty cool. And it's also a uh, good cause too. Uh, Bethany has teamed up with... Water Axe Pumps, and Mystery Ranch to help facilitate some grants for you folks in the field. Yeah, so if you guys happen to be a writer, a photographer, cinematographer, or a blogger, definitely hit her up. Yeah. The uh, grants for the 2020 season are opening up here pretty soon, uh, hopefully by the end of the month in December here, but that'd be your opportunity to help facilitate some of your adventures in the field. So check them out. Once again, www.wildfireexperience.org. The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast, episode number 25. Today on the show, I've got Kyul Cha from Firefighter Fit Endurance. Probably seen him uh, running around on IG, and uh, yeah, he basically takes wildland firefighting elements, like our fitness and what we do in the field, and condensed it down to the equivalent of a Spartan race. It's pretty badass. It's uh, some hardcore endurance athlete stuff and if that's your kind of cup of tea i definitely think that you guys will be interested in this show we have a yeah we have a we talked about a lot of topics on this one we uh cover his his background uh from globe and payson and uh all the way till his retirement and how he founded this idea of firefighter fit endurance it's pretty cool hope you guys enjoy the show welcome to the anchor point Let's send it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast, episode number 25. Today on the show, I've got Firefighter Fit Endurance. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Pretty good. I mean, can I even say your real name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Kyul Cha. Um, I am the uh, CEO and owner of Firefighter Fit Endurance, uh, as well as uh, Three Elements and Ronin Systems, uh, the machine shop. Nice, man. Yeah, I kind of get wary about asking people like real names and everything like that if I could broadcast that because sometimes you know, a lot of people like to fly under the radar. Yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm who I am and, you know, if they don't like it, then they don't like it and, you know, they can, yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> Fair enough, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Um, well, uh, you know, it, it, it's easier for me to like start with the fire career. So, you know, started off in 2004, um, working for uh, Arizona State Department of Forest Service. Uh, and then in 2011, transitioned to uh, the US, USDA, US Forest Service, uh, working, starting off with uh, Nogales uh, with uh, Crew 5. Um, and then from there, transitioning to uh, the Globe Hotshots. Um, you know, had to get my buckle and everything and, you know, and get some experience, uh, had to make sure that, uh, none of my, uh, none of my task books were signed or filled. Um, 
<laughs> because that's what you don't get to do when you're on a hotshot cruise, get your task books, you know, signed or filled. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and then, uh, you know, uh, transitioning to Payson. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, ended, ended my time, uh, on Payson Hell Attack after that. So. Nice, man. So you've been R3 pretty much your entire career as far as federal. Yeah, service I am. A, yeah, I'm a region three guy. Nice, yeah. man. It's fun. Uh, fun stuff down there. Uh, were you there around there for the wall of fire or did you uh, get out? Yes, of the game actually. Or oh, you yeah, were? I was there for the, yeah. Dude, that was some gnarly fire behavior, man. I remember watching that from, uh, what was that? Independence Lake, I believe. And I remember seeing four independent capped out heads like on that entire fire. That this one day that we we're just sitting there like trying to tie in this section of line for a burn show. I'm like, holy shit, this thing is like getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was some. Uh, yeah, that that fire behavior, dude, was was unreal. Um, and that was some of the most intense that I'd seen uh, uh, up to that point in my my career. That was that. That's like it, you're like sitting there in awe of it, and then just kind of like figuring out. All right, so. Maybe we should go like extremely big box, you know. But yeah, did the thing yeah. just land shy of uh, like five hundred thousand acres, or did it go actually bigger than that? I believe it went bigger than that. Yeah, because I remember I did two tours on that fire, and I just every time I came back, it was just still shitting and getting the entire time. So yeah, so, that- well, yeah, and that that's the one thing about the uh, one of the things about the Region Three fires um, that that I noticed just because of like uh, the fuel composition is. Uh, holy crap it's like the like the grass components and stuff like that um i know that we don't have as many timbers as like like r6 you know even r5 uh but our grass and our brush is just ridiculous dude especially some of the stuff that just ignites like the sodals like the you know the rolling sodals and stuff like that that just like ignites shit but um like i've I've never uh, in other places i've never seen three foot tall grass kick up 15 foot flames you know with the right wind yeah, it's crazy. I just I just find it always kind of amazing, like looking back at like the th- things you've done over your fire career. You always have those like one or two memorable, super memorable fires or that fire behavior. You're building those slides, and the wall of fire is always one of those ones that stuck with me. Yeah, see, Silver Fire was is mine uh, in New Mexico. Uh, we were we were, the, and that's the Silver Fire that was off of uh, uh, close to Ted Turner's Buffalo Ranch in oh, New Mexico. That's yeah, crazy man. So. Um, but that was the one, uh, that was the one we, uh, we ended up having to do three different escape routes. Um, I think I talked to you a little bit about that, but it was, uh, they put us in a Canyon, they put us in a drainage, um, that had, uh, I think it was five, five canyons opening up to it uh, into a lateral drainage. And we were at the head, we were in front of the head of the fire. The wind was going our direction. We were about maybe 20 miles away, but we had one mile spotting. Um, and then these insane winds. Uh, so it didn't take, uh, we, we all didn't want to go in. Um, but, uh, they, they put us in anyways. And then, so we're trying to mitigate it by, you know, using aerial resources and then asking for like, um, uh, type sixes, but, uh, the div soup didn't want to give us the type sixes cause he was afraid that the type sixes would get stuck or the tires would pop. So, um, so the solution then, is to send hotshot buggies in there, or did you guys hike for just days no, getting in there? No, we uh, we ended up getting into uh, uh, we had our um, our, uh, our our UTVs and the soup truck and the chase truck, and so basically we were shuttling everybody in mm-hmm. um, using those vehicles, and it was it was several miles uh, from our buggies to to where our work site was. Um, they had flown in uh, cans of gasoline and uh, supplies from the helicopters, but then area resources were no longer, we were no longer able to use it because they were actually having to deal with the fire, the main fire. Um, so basically you put us in a, you put us in a Canyon with five of them, five more canyons, um, feeding into it with fire going, you know, basically our direction, no, no aerial support, no ground support, uh, just us. And we were supposed to cut the heads off. We were supposed to cut the drainage completely off. Uh, and start, I guess, like backing, backing the, uh, the backing the fire into the main head. Um, that didn't work out that way. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it was. And you have a, five confluences draining into the main, you know, canyon. I, I, I wouldn't want to be in there. That's for sure, man. But of course, yeah, you're in a no, position it, there too, where you can't really say much. You know, I mean, this is one of those like shut the shut the hell up and dig kind of scenarios. I'm pretty sure. 
Well, yeah, that, it was that situation. And then I remember laughing with, uh, with our soup at the time. And uh, I said, you know what, man? I go, funny thing is, is um, this is usually the start of every single lessons learned whenever we go through the refresher. Yep. So-and-so hotshot crew entered, you know, with the, with the, like the real so-and-so hotshot crew entered at so-and-so time, so-and-so hotshot crew entered so-and-so canyon at this time. Three hours later, at so and so time, you know the entire crew dies and burns over. You know that type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. But so don't do that. So we're doing exactly everything that all of our lessons learned have told us not to do. Let's go into the drainage in front of the head of the fire with you know winds kicking up and uh, you know gusts. And, you know it's just it was ridiculous. Uh, the div soup was an idiot. Um, he was one of those guys that kept telling us that his his he was a type two IA um, crew. Oh, he's flexing, and I think it was. Was he flexing creds? No, oh, no. He. Uh, we got the. Uh, we're just as good as a hotshot crew. Mm, we're just. We're 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 pretty much. And and a couple of the things he was saying is, yeah, we're pretty much a hotshot crew. And we're like, yeah, but the thing is, if you were a hotshot crew, you'd be a hotshot crew, but you're not. <laughs> and you know, so you know, people don't like my mouth, and you know, he he didn't really particularly care for our attitude, and he was more concerned about meeting his uh his uh div soup objectives that he had in the uh in the task book and then he was timing out you know a couple of days later you know he was timing out way before we were mm-hmm. we only had him for a couple of days but he he did he did he did his damage so he put us in the bad position and suddenly you know everything went absolutely way wrong um uh we had one group uh heading going up a trail uh to uh, using one escape route to go up a trail to you know and burn out an area so they could just hang out um we had another group uh that was in the black we had another group that had all the vehicles they were trying to move the vehicles out of the fire area so like i had the atv and then the soup truck was behind me to make sure you know because my my uh uh, squad leader was in the soup truck, wanted to make sure that everybody got out. And we had all of our, our crew's overnight gear in these vehicles and then a couple of, you know, a couple of uh, crew members. And you could hear, like, the gasoline, uh, like, exploding uh, because there were ember showers. So I'm feeling like I'm in the, I'm the, in the fucking Millennium Falcon, you know, <laughs> shooting out of the Death Star. We've got ember showers in front of us. We got flames, you know, behind us. And, and basically it was just, it was almost like a race against time. Uh, but we were able to hang out. Uh, ended up breaking the mirror off of the soup truck because I ran into it. Um, but we hung out for a, a few hours and then uh, we were able to shuttle everybody back in once it was, you know, once it was considered uh, okay. We were able to shuttle everybody back to the uh, to the buggies, and the soup just basically pulled the cord and said, "Yeah, we're done with this." So, damn. Um, uh, so yeah, there was, so th- there was that. It was that, but then after the silver fire, because we were um, when we were in another division before we ended up hitting there, we were on uh, Granite Mountain was uh, was on that fire with us, and um, so we had a close call. And then it was not, but the next fire that they were on, which was Yarnell, <clears throat> which was in Yarnell. So you guys saw them yeah. on the tour before. Wow. Yeah. So and it almost felt like you know, it almost felt like that year that that somebody was going to get taken out. I mean, we almost got took out, you know, and 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 it was just like we almost got taken out, but we were able to like scrape by and survive it. And then uh, you know, and then the next fire it was uh, you know, yeah, Granite Mountain. Sorry. Um. Anyways, so. Yeah, so then that whole situation happened. So it was almost like somebody was going to get taken out this year, that year, and it just seemed to be it was unfortunately, you know, fire guys took them. So, so that's my memorable fire. <laughs> that's that's a hell of a story, man. It, yeah, yeah, that's I remember that year, man. It, that's that's and Yarnell too. Like just reflecting back on the whole Yarnell thing, uh, it, everybody who was around during that time. I guarantee you everybody in the fire service to this day knows exactly what fire they were on and where exactly they were and how many phone calls they received. Yeah, we were coming back from the Silver Fire. We we had just gotten released from the Silver Fire. We were we were on travel status um, in Tucson. And I was checking Facebook because I'm the social media guy. And um, I happened to see something about, you know, they, they, they had like, there was like 20 firefighters are missing. And it's like, and I looked at it, I go, oh shit, that's an entire crew. And then we started to do a little bit more research and started getting the news. And then I started getting all of these messages from all of my friends who know that I fight 
fight flyer. And they were all checking in to make sure that, that I wasn't one of those people gone. And then news came down and hit and it was just, it was bad. It was, it was bad for everybody, man. It was, yeah. it was, it was a bad situation. So, yeah, man. um, I, yeah. So anyways, I won't get too much into that because that's some, there's some, you know, but yeah, it was, it was a bad beat, man. Nobody, we, we weren't able to recover from that for a little bit just because, you know, I'm in region three. I mean, you go to the fire academy with these guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, is your, you, know, like, you work with, with these guys, guys all the yeah, time. Yeah, you work with these guys. You know, you know them. They were like, they, it's we, we're in the same fucking state, you know. So it's it was it was bad, man. Oh, so. man. Yeah, I, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah, man. Uh, so I mean, leading from your fire career, uh, what do you do now? So now you do basically Spartan races for firefighters, which I think is badass. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, so, uh, we've got a couple of companies that, that we've developed the past few years. And the one that's like my, my crown jewel is firefighter fit endurance. And so, um, it started, um, no, hold on a second. So the reason why I started it was, it was three reasons. Um, I wanted to provide a better endurance training and fitness training, um, because, uh, the, the the federal guidelines for for fitness are are lacking it, it doesn't really give you like a true measure of what your fitness should be to be able to get this job done i don't you know think it's I mean? representative of what we do in the field at all yeah no it, it absolutely doesn't and so what i wanted to do was was one provide um from my experience and you know uh, provide training that would be more job specific you know uh, so that way the people that actually do these jobs are, you know, conditioned and, and, and fit enough to be able to get these jobs done throughout the entire year, you know, you know, rather than meeting some, you know, idiotic, you know, uh, the PT level that doesn't really accurately measure what the job's going to require from you. You know what I mean? Um, so it just, it seemed to be, there's, there's a complete disconnect between what the federal government says their level is and then what your actual level is, you know. In, oh, yeah. in reality oh absolutely man and then so that the whole reason why you created firefighter fit endurance is for these reasons is to yeah, absolutely yeah. represent what we do in the field yeah and just to, and because i know that like with with fitness um so it, it's well okay so it, my idea is basically it's the fitness is like the ability to sustain meaningful activity uh, for long periods of time or until the job is done or until you die, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and the thing with fitness and the reason why I had such a problem with it is because, um, your personal fitness is vitally important, um, to the overall crew safety, uh, because everybody's relying on you to be fit enough to get your particular task or job completed, you know, and you are relying on the person, people next to you to be fit enough to get their tasks and jobs completed. Because if you're not fit enough and if you fall out, you've got, let's say you have 20 people on your crew. You've got 20 people on your crew. You know that you've got 20 people's worth of work, maybe even more. One person falls out. A lot more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just, yeah, you know, you and I both know that, but I'm just saying, let's say, you know, just to make it easy. So you have 20 people's worth of work. One person falls out because they're not fit enough, because they didn't have enough respect. Um, or consideration for their brothers and sisters on the line that they decided that they didn't want to, you know, do the hiking, they didn't want to put the time in. So they're not fit enough. They fall out. All right. You still have 20 people's worth of work and 19, 19 people to do it. So because somebody has decided that they didn't want to be fit enough to get the job done, they have now jeopardized the mission objective as well as the lives of the people that uh, they call brothers and sisters. Yes. And, and that's important to me. Yeah, it's that whole concept of like you either – fail as a team or thrive as a team there's really no in between you can't just half-ass it the entire time it's either you succeed or you fail yeah well and just have enough have enough respect and consideration for the people around you that they don't have to do your job because you fell out because yeah and and because the thing is it's like you're not special and what you're going through isn't special you know what i mean no, it's, it's a like thing. what you're going through everybody's going through you know, it's not, you're not, you're not doing a, uh, you're not doing something extra hard. 
you're doing the same job that everybody around you is doing, but you apparently have felt that you don't want to be fit enough to get this fucking job. You know, so now you've jeopardized people because, you know, and I'm not saying you as in you, but I'm just, you know. Yeah, generalizing. Yeah, you know, just in generalization. And and that's always been my approach to fitness, uh, whether it's been on a crew or, or whatnot, is especially on a team, is making sure that I have enough respect for myself and enough respect for the people around me to ensure that I don't ask them or force them to get my responsibilities done, you know, or jeopardize their safety because my lack of preparedness. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. And that's actually very, very wise words of advice to our future firefighters or those people that are thinking about getting into the hotshot or just firefighting world in general. It doesn't really matter if you're on an engine crew or a hotshot crew or somewhere in between. You still need to <laughs> suffer with the person next to you or else you're not going to get the job done. And it's unfair to the rest of your crew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, the, uh, the there was two other reasons why Firefighter Fit ended up being created was one was uh the second was to uh bridge the gap of understanding between um firefighters and the general public and the reason why i say that is because if you ever ask somebody who who has never been in contact with somebody in fire they don't know what we do no absolutely yeah yeah all they see is fire and smoke in the sky then they see the green or yellow or or white trucks pull up they see a bunch of gnarly looking dudes come out, you know, men and women come out of the out of the back of the buggies, <laughs> grab their, you know, grab their weapons and then, you know, just get some meaningful move with purpose hikes into the into the in, into the mountains. And then they don't see anybody or they don't see how, what we do, the sacrifices we make, uh, the job we have to do. All they see is that the smoke dissipates, the flames are gone and everybody comes walking out like they've just rolled in a whole bunch of dirt and soot. <laughs> just, we look pretty gnarly we stink pretty bad too when we come off an assignment yeah yeah no we do i did i feel so bad and i kept on walk well, like trying to step further and further away from people in the supermarkets whenever they try and thank me because i know i smell oh yeah. you know what i mean and i'm like apologizing to them for for smelling but also trying to like not just trying to say thank you i guess or you know you're welcome but it was it's weird because it's like it's like thank you for what you do it's like but I'm happy to do it. You know, oh, yeah. you don't have to thank me. You know, no, it's, it's, we signed up to this, like knowing full damn well what we're doing for the job, and we love it. Yeah, That's yeah. It's like don't, you don't have to thank me. I, I. This is this is who I am. You know, so. absolutely. <laughs> um, but th- that was the other thing was to be able to bridge the gap of understanding between the general public and hotshots. So, so the general public was more aware of not only the job that we do and why we love it, but also the sacrifices that have to, that have to happen to get this job done. Um, and we're able to bridge that gap be, because, uh, you know, through these events, because like, um, our initial attack experience event is a 24 to 36 hour event, which, you know, ideally 36 hours is pretty much the top of where you're going to go for initial attack. Yeah. That's your, and we, as far as like timing out on an initial attack, at least that's 36 hours. Yeah, yeah. So in these in these events with these civilians, is we have them memorize the ten and eighteens. We put them through crew cohesion hikes, so they have to they have to um, repeat the ten and eighteens to us while we're hiking. So we basically put them through uh, critical training and a and a thirty six hour practical line dig, where they learn how they learn you know tool care, tool handling, how to cut line. Um, they learn crew cohesion. They learn communications. They learn medical triage. Um, they, they we we give them all an IRPG that they have to actually uh, utilize. They learn how to spin weather. We put them through everything that that uh, hot shot crew goes through on on critical training and practical line dig, um, but we just condense it into about thirty six hours. Uh, but at the end of it, um, they have a very solid idea of what it takes to actually be. You know what it takes, uh, or the sacrifices to to be on a hotshot crew. That's awesome, man. That's super unique because it really is. It's got to be an eye opening experience for any like general public, any GP person that's going to come out there and participate in one of your events. I think that experience, oh, yeah, no. yeah, that experience, dude, it's invaluable. Yeah. Okay. Well, get this then. Here's 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 how here's one of the ways that we give back um, because we do line uh, we do line digs uh, and we do cut line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do full pull cut line. Um, if you ever notice that that a full pull looks very much like a hiking trail. Yeah, it's flat. So, 
Yeah. So what we do or what I do is I contact the national forest that we'd like to do something in. And um, we generally cut a deal where because because, you know, as well as I do that, the Forest Service is always they don't have enough money for rec techs. They don't have enough money for, you know, the, the recreation or the trail improvements. So we come in and and our event will actually come in and cut trail for them. They give us an area that they need trail improvement or cut. And we go in and use our event to donate our time as volunteers to cut that trail. That is awesome. That is so cool because we, we both know, because we've been in the government for X amount of years, you know, we know that the Forest Service can't front the bill for it or manage that a sheer amount of acres at once. They just can't do it. We don't have enough people or the resources or money. I mean, it's just, that's just a flat fact. So for yeah. doing that and giving back to outdoorsmen and outdoors women, that's awesome, man. Yeah. No, well, no. And that's, that was just kind of, it, it's, that's the kind of, that, that's the kind of like, like, that's how I see what, what a hotshot is supposed to, to do though, you know, yeah, is, to, is to get back. Yeah. yeah you always you pay know? it forward. That's like part of the tradition of a hotshot crew or it just firefighters in general, really. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's the thing is it's like, and all of our events and, and what we do, we, we really try and adhere to, um, the, the hot, uh, the, the, the concept of the of crew cohesion, especially on a hotshot crew. Um, our, our smaller events, like we call them lightning modules because they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause all, all of our events have our, use uh, terminologies from fire. Um, but the lightning modules, uh, they don't do, we don't do firefighter specific activities. Um, they're all team based activities. So, so it's, it's a all huge teams. like crew cohesion team building event. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, um, if you go to our website or you go to our, uh, our Facebook page, um, which it's easy firefighter pit endurance. Um, and then you start looking at some of the photos from uh, previous uh, events, you'll see something that I call the mobile Murph. Now in CrossFit, you know what the Murph is. Oh yeah. One mile run, you know, a hundred pull-ups, 200 pushups, 300 squats, and then another mile run. Well, we do something called the mobile Murph. And what, the, what it is, is we take, uh, three, two by fours, eight foot, two by fours. And we make a, uh, a pull-up apparatus. And um, we spend the first mile uh, walking as a crew. And they're carrying this pull-up apparatus while one person's in the middle doing pull-ups. No and shit. that's how they start doing their 100 pull-ups. That's awesome, man. And now, do you have to do all, like all every crew member, do they have to do X amount of pull-ups or the whole 100 on the mobile rig? No, they, everybody has to do 100 on that mobile rig. That's badass. Um, <laughs> that's some hardcore shit dude i'm not gonna lie because when you add momentum into that too i mean on a static bar a pull-up you know you can crank out 100 pull-ups it's not a big deal as long as you do them in sets you know work with your yeah. body of course but when you add momentum and the motion of go- crossing terrain that has yep. a whole new element into it man that's that's awesome that's some hardcore shit yeah well and then also if you take if you, if you consider your grip too because it's really easy to grip a bar because the bar's small mm-hmm. but try and grip a two by four and then do pull-ups. It, it adds an entirely new concept to the pull-ups. You might have been able to do 20 pull-ups on a bar. You're going to be able to do maybe 10 on, on a 2x4 oh, just yeah. because of the grip. Well, that's a wonderful thing about fitness, though, is like if you change one small dynamic of like any routine, whether it be a deadlift or a pull-up or a squat or anything, anything you throw your body through, it's going to change the entire dynamic of that exercise, and you're going to hit muscles, muscle groups that you had never even knew you had. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. And then, and the reason why we call it the mobile Murph is because there's nothing stationary. So even our pushups are alligator pushups or Spider-Man pushups. Mm-hmm. And then from there it squats with long jump and then another, another mile run. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done Murph before I do RX Murph. I usually do it every year, but God, man, just do you, are, are they weighted too? I mean, do you have to do the vest and everything? Um, right now we haven't had to do the vest, uh, because it generally takes, uh, cruise about uh, three hours to complete Ooh. and what are size of the cruise you said five or um well like we'll break them into squads if we get like uh, uh up to six to eight we'll break them into a squad mm-hmm. uh, and that way <clears throat> that way everybody's under the weight or everybody is um doing pull-ups or you know they're everybody's doing something yeah you know and yeah. that way nobody's just standing around looking around you know looking everybody has to be doing something you know, and if they're not doing something, then whoever's on the pull-up bar or whoever's carrying the pull-up bar is going to yell at them going, hey, move your ass, 
grab these bags or you know you know help out. So now all of a sudden you've got you're starting to get this like team dynamic happen, um, which is what we're looking for because you have to you have to remember that I have a very like I tell them I have a very limited amount of time to teach them the actual application of teamwork because you and I both know that it's very easy to say oh yeah no I know all about teamwork and you can you can spout out what you know about teamwork but as soon as you have to apply it then all of a sudden people don't really really understand what teamwork is oh that's put them in that's definitely true man Uh, well that's the thing too is like nothing nothing promotes cohesion like suffering together I'm a firm believer in that Oh no, no! You have to have that because that's a shared experience. Exactly. And yeah, and that's one of the things. Like, um, uh, I might not know a hotshot. You know what I mean? I might not know them personally, but you know, I might see them wearing their shirt or maybe their hat or something like that. I go up to them, start to talking, and we start talking about you know our different fires and our hikes. There's a shared experience there, and there's a shared suck. Oh yeah. You know, and yeah, and there's that. There's that. It's almost like a. It's like a real private suck. You know, like like not, the general public doesn't get to get to experience. So there there's automatically automatically that 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 like click. Oh yeah, know? that brotherhood is definitely strong, man. Especially with wildlife firefighters. Yeah. But that's another thing too. That's kind of weird. Is like there's a I've I've noticed that there's a huge disconnect between structure and wildland. <laughs> I see you shaking your head. You're like, yep. <laughs> there definitely is. Yeah, well, I mean, there's if yeah, and and I know there's a there's an absolute rivalry. Um, I've seen it happen before. I've heard the stories, um, but yeah, no, I, I guess I don't know. I, I you know what I usually do is every time I see a structural guy, I usually thank him and say, you know what, you guys are absolutely insane because I think they are. I think they and are. Too. They, yeah, and and they're like, well, why is that? I'm like, well, because you theoretically technically have to run into burning buildings and find people and stop fires in burning buildings and at least i had the illusion of the ability to escape a forest fire because i have space (laughs) great alert (laughs) great illusion right (laughs) yeah you know um but that is something that where it it, it's like going into a burning building i'm you that's a completely different concept for me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i do have a lot of respect for for the structural brothers and sisters you know yeah um of course, I'm going to razz him about being, you know, you know, the the cat out of the tree, and you know, just saving and, babies. And the, <laughs> I have to, but that's the uh, thing, though, dude. It's like uh, the whole. I don't think there's really there's. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a disconnect between structural and uh, wildland firefighters. I just think it's it's just different worlds. That's all it is, really. I mean, we in reality, those guys show up to uh, wildland fires we show up to structure fires that have a threat to the wildland so we're on the same team essentially but it's just different worlds man and there's still that mutual common ground right there we both fight fire so shout out to my structure friends hope i didn't piss you guys off too much (laughs) well i think with them is is there's always going to be that rivalry when you have when when you guys when there's two separate entities within the same field like that there's always going to be a rivalry oh absolutely man yeah, it's, but you know, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, but in the end, I mean, we we all fight fire. In the end of the day, that's what matters, man. It's still that mutual mutual respect and that brotherhood. It's definitely shared. Yeah. yeah um, oh, so I was going to say because um, I said I, there was there was three mission objectives that we have for the company, and the third one is uh, what I want. Also wanted to do is I wanted to provide retired firefighters a purpose uh, and meaningful work uh, as advisors and trainers for the for the company. Um, all of my staff members that, that make contact and give directions to, uh, um, to my participants, they're all firefighters, either active duty or retired. And that's, that's the, that's it, it, um, that's the standard. You have to have at least three years on a hotshot crew or five years in fire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we really look for people that have ICT five, you know, uh, FFT one ICT five qualifications or above. Um, and, and there's a reason why I look for that though. But, um, what that does is it provides, uh, not only a more authentic experience for the participants, but it also provides, um, meaningful work and purpose for, you know, somebody who's retired, who is missing the life of fight and fire, you know, cause you do, once you get retired, I mean, if you've had fire as your life's purpose for, you know, three, four, five, 10, 15 years, and all of a sudden you're gone. And you're no longer fighting fire. Suddenly, what do you, what are you filling your life with? You know, 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, and there's that there there's an absolute and I can tell you right now that that having gone through the retirement process, had I not had firefighter fit endurance, there's potentially bad things gonna happen because because, you know, I get stuck in my own head, because, you know, I was feeling uh depressed because I was no longer I no longer had that personal purpose, you know, uh, in my life because I was no longer on a hotshot crew. And so it's like, now what do I do? And so the worst place to be is in your head sometimes. Oh, you absolutely. Know? You can be your own worst enemy, man. That's anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what, what I wanted to do was to be able to offer up um, uh, some type of purpose to, to uh, my retired brothers, you know, or people that are uh, during the off season, like most of our events are during the off season. So during the off season, you know, it's like, Hey, let's keep you busy. Let's get you, you know, keep you motivated. Um, and, and so our whole thing is one to be a part of the events, but also, uh, to help them get their certified personal training certificates. Uh, that way they can be personal trainers. They can do endurance training. They can, they can work for my company as a trainer, you know, that's or a badass. coach. That's awesome. So that's, that's, that's really cool though. That's like, cause this whole concept is very multifaceted, you know, and you're also giving back to the community as well. So I, I definitely appreciate something like that. And I'm sure a lot of people that are out there will definitely appreciate that as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. And that's just, again, this is, it's without thought. It was just basically, Hey, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And so now it becomes a, um, all it is now is just trying to make sure that what I want to do is, you know, I make it a reality, you know? And so, you know, just, and you know, my wife and I have been able to do that is, you know, start to make a reality. And now we're picking up steam because I'm no longer working, uh, for Spartan race. You know, so now I have all my time. So tell us about the whole Spartan race thing too. Now you were working for those guys for a while. Were you, what now? What were you doing for those guys? Um, yeah. So I started off well, you know, as a racer, and then I transitioned to uh, start helping them with their endurance branch because they have an endurance branch, mm-hmm. and uh, they do like four hour, like what they call hurricane heats, um, which is four hour team building. Um, the, the the easiest way I can say. Uh, the the easiest way I can I can tell people what that what that is is basically if they know what go ruck is and a go ruck light that's pretty much what a Spartan hurricane heat is. Okay. It's very team based, team oriented. Um, and then they have what they call twelve hour hurricane heats, which are more individual, uh, personal, individual, you know, uh, events with some team components to it. And that's kind of where I started to excel because now I was bringing all of these fire concepts uh, that I learned, these team building concepts from hot crews. I was now applying these concepts to um, to the twelve hour hurricane heats in Spartan, and I was getting um, uh, huge reviews and huge success. And I was getting a pretty big draw. I mean, every time somebody on the West Coast knew that I was leading one of the twelve hour hurricane heats, they were on it. So I was getting a personal draw because they knew that the content that I had was absolutely you know world class, and that's because of. The hotshot crews, you know, the team concepts of the hotshot crews, you know. Yeah. So, well, it's, I think it's funny though uh, because these things that you learn during your hotshot or your firefighting career, uh, they last with you for your entire life. I mean, I mean, you by this time you are far removed from the hotshot hotshot world, but yet you're mm-hmm. still applying those concepts to your everyday life and even your hobbies. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to remember that education always translates into other aspects. If you if you're creative enough to understand how it translates, you know. Um, and I don't say smart, but creative enough to be able to see what concepts you have right now and what you're learning right now. And then to be able to take it apart and see, Hey, how could I apply this concept somewhere else? Does it apply somewhere else? Would it work somewhere else? And how would it work somewhere else? So always that curiosity and being inquisitive and just, you know, always constantly wanting to learn. Um, you end up you you end up opening some really weird doors and re- reading some really strange books, but all of these things um, you you can you can translate into your daily life or you can translate into business, you know. Uh, and that's kind of what I did with it was just being able to take you know my experiences here and seeing how it could apply somewhere else, you know, whether it's you know corporate training for leadership, um, team building seminars. Um, 12 hour hurricane heats, our events, you know, just being able to, to get that piece of information and be able to disseminate and translate it into other, other aspects. Um, the funny thing is, is I stopped doing endurance, uh, just because, um, they're, uh, uh, the endurance, the new endurance manager, um, tried to force himself on my wife 
on uh, yeah, he, 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 he planted a kiss on her face. Um, uh, at one of the races, I wasn't there because I would have pounded him uh, pretty much into oblivion. And he knows that if I ever catch him, that he and I are going to have a long discussion about that. We'll probably go behind some trees. Uh, you know. <laughs> behind the buggies. Behind the buggy yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to have a we're going to have a clarification meeting behind the buggies. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I went into their kids race program and started um, uh, directing their kids races. Um, and running a lot of the Spartan kids races on the West coast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if, if any, if any of you guys that are listening who have ever ran a Spartan race in the past few years, uh, if you guys ever saw an orange hat, that was me, an orange boonie hat leading the, the endurance stuff. That was me. And, um, if you ever saw the Asian, cause it was only one Asian doing, uh, kids races, uh, screaming and yelling and, and motivating the kids at the start line. That was me too. So that's awesome. But yeah, but again, I was able to bring the creativity, um, to the kids race and start to make, um, real critical changes on how they were, um, uh, how we were actually, uh, like building the kids race. So instead of doing just like a 400 yard, you know, couple of walls and something else, it was an, it was a miniature Spartan race, but for kids. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, big shout out to to Justin Ross, who was the the kids race you know director. He gave me the leeway and the space to be able to do that, you know, um, and didn't didn't stunt my creativity at all. So, so all of these things that I'm learning from Spartan Endurance, from the core Spartan uh, Spartan company, from Spartan Kids, I'm taking all this information and I'm improving my own company, you know. And I had to step away from that just because. When you're a cog in somebody else's machine, cogs don't dream. They're just a cog. They just turn. That's it, man. Yeah. And I'm giving away, like my wife was telling me, I'm giving a company all of my ideas, all of my concepts, everything, and I'm making them money. I'm generating income for them. And at the end of the day, what am I generating for myself? Exactly. You're just maybe generating a paycheck and some clout for yourself, but... In reality, you're developing lasting impressions on these kids that are running these Spartan races, and that's gonna that's gonna stick with them for the rest of their life. And this is your idea. This is your brainchild. Yeah, and yeah, and so um, I just I, I was like, well, why can't I take why can't I take the concepts that I'm giving them and keep them for myself, and then you know, kind of develop my my own objectives and dreams, and you know, and and be successful for me instead of me being. Uh, you know, letting somebody else be successful off of me, I guess. Yeah, man. You took a dream and you ran with it. I totally understand why you kind of uh, got away from the Spartan series, Spartan organization, I guess you could call it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and I don't, and just so everybody knows, I'm, I'm not knocking Spartan because, you know, I learned a lot from Spartan. I know that, you know, my wife and I kind of met at Spartan. I mean, you know, had Spartan not been there. I mean, they did a lot of life, life-changing, you know, things. They do great things. Um, but I just needed to step away, you know. No, I feel you, man. No, I definitely feel you. So speaking of Firefighter Fit Endurance, what do you guys got coming up for events? Um, okay, so, uh, the, well, the next Firefighter Fit Endurance event is um, in Chandler, Arizona. It's called the St. Baldrick's Lightning Module. Um, what we're doing is uh, we're donating our time and, and our program to St. Baldrick's. So, uh, to, and what St. Baldrick's is, is they're, um, they're a nonprofit that uh, – that um, generates uh, um, donations uh, for early childhood cancer research, and that's a huge, huge, important like like thing for me. Um, and so when they approached me saying, "Hey, we'd like to do an event in front of you know our uh, head shaving because they usually you know do head shaving," um, what would it cost us to get you to do one of you know to get you to direct a, a, an event for us and to create an event for us? And I said, "Absolutely zero dollars." That's awesome, so, man. Um, you know, uh, all the time materials, uh, it all comes, you know, comes out of the, out of the company, but it, it's, it's charity, it's donation. It's, it's what, it, what it's supposed to have happened. I'm not supposed to take a dollar because if I take a dollar from them, that's a dollar away from childhood cancer research. And, and how much of a dick do I have to be to take money away from early childhood cancer research? You that's know? the thing. You'd have to be <laughs> an yeah. insufferable asshole to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm not that. You know, um, and so that's our next one. Um, 
the one after that, the next firefighter fit endurance event after that is called the Apex. And um, that's going to be in Long Beach, actually. And that is going to be – how to explain this? Put every single worst moment PT, the most memorable, dirtiest, grittiest, nastiest, most fucked up PT, and then meld that with the most fucked up PT from six different hotshot crews. <laughs> I like where you're with in, this. Yeah, put it into the format of the CrossFit games, and that's the Apex. Damn, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, how many days is it? It's a multi-day event then. It is one day. It's going to take you eight hours. Um, here's, here's the catch of this, though, is everything must be at an RPE of eight or 80, depending on which scale you use for your you know, uh, rate of perceived exertion. Um, so it, it has to be pretty high. Your exertion has to be pretty high. Um, your technique must be flawless. Um, and now I'm not, I'm not talking about lift techniques, but I'm talking about like bear crawl, mm-hmm. your bear crawl technique. Um, so if, if you ever, it, it, you, you know what a bear crawl is, yeah. you know, back is flat, four points of contact, knees are underneath the body and everything is controlled and, you know, really you know, contained. Yeah. It's very purposeful. Um, yeah. But then, and then you see other people do bear crawls where they have their butt in the air, legs are straight, you know, they're piked. That's not a bear crawl, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's not, um, and so what'll happen is you have to be when we when we have um, a bear crawl, uh, like a bear crawl uh, portion, you have to actually bear crawl because if you pike crawl with the ass in the air, you're done. Are so, you just DQ'd, uh, like done? Yeah, you're done. You're you're absolutely done. So there's consequences um, for like there's serious consequences for messing up. Yeah, yeah, no, de- definitely. I mean, you get the one warning, and then after that. Um, then, then you, then, then you're done. And the reason why we do that is because the only reason why people put their butt in the air when they bear crawl is to make it easier for them, mm-hmm. because they're they're going through an exertion or they're hitting muscle groups or the position is uncomfortable. And so what they want to do is they want to try and protect themselves and make it easier for them. And we're not allowing them to make it easier for them. There is no easier. There is no modification. There is only the the, the expectation, and you have to meet or exceed it, or you're done. Damn, that's some hardcore huh. shit. I like it. Yeah, hey, you know what? I mean, I, I am every every event that we do um, is a reflection of the hotshot community and, oh, the, yeah. and the wildlife fire community. I don't know how many times I've had somebody yelling at me for like botching a push up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> come on, man, get it together. And it's it's just one of those things you just got to learn over time. It's like, all right, well, everybody else is doing the same exact thing, so do it right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, like I said, you know, if, if we're going to be representing, uh, the wildland fire community through our events, then we have to ensure that our events are airtight, that they're, you know, that, that they, uh, have the degree of difficulty that they're supposed to have. And then they're not supposed to be easy because what we do in the field is not easy. No, it's not. That's for sure. So, um, and then there's a, we have, a um, let me see. Five nine. We have uh, May 9th, We have um, we have our first lightning module at Zip Idaho. It's a zip line in Idaho in Boise. So um, we'll be heading up to Boise for uh, for one of the lightning modules there. We're gonna head up to the Pacific Northwest for another lightning module in August. Um, the Three Elements, uh, which is our civilian branch of uh, Firefighter Fit Endurance. So the three elements is kind of cool because we actually add an obstacle course onto it. Oh, no shit. So like, yeah, like yeah. rope climb walls or like what kind of obstacles are you talking about? No, no. We're talking about, you know, rope climbs, walls, inverted walls, um, barbed wire crawl, Tyrolean traverse, um, you know, so an actual obstacle course. Um, and we call it the endurance triathlon because like a triathlon has swim, bike, run. You know, which is three three exercise components. We have three exercise components. They're just not swim, bike, run. They're usually strength, endurance, and then obstacle course. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so the one in Dallas, which is going to be April fourth, um, that's going to be a twenty four hour uh, twenty four hour endurance. So they're going to have uh, twenty four hours to do as many laps as possible on three different courses. 
Uh, they can attack it either as a single person or a three-person team. If they're not insane enough to do the 24 hours, they can just do a 5K obstacle course. Um, but, but the great thing about that is um, we opened it up, and I, I contacted uh, uh, Erica Walker, who works with Operation Enduring Warrior, which are, you know, if you know about them, um, they're uh, 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 military personnel that have, uh, um, like, uh, the physical, you know, like, their arm, one arm is missing or a leg is missing, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, they're para, they're called para athletes, so they're coming down to to do my course. That's awesome. So you have an uh, an adaptive series as well, like adaptive yep. athletes. That's that's awesome, yep. man. And you're working hand in hand with uh, not what, what was the charity you're saying again? Uh, Operation Enduring Warrior. Operation Enduring Warrior. That's that's freaking awesome, man. So, well, yeah, and that's just you know, and like talking to her, and I was like, okay, what modifications do I need to make to the course? And she goes, absolutely nothing. They're supposed to they're supposed to adapt. They're adaptive. They adapt, you know, they're military, they're fine. Yeah, and they'll probably uh, and like, smoke any standard Joe out there anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you see them on the you see them on the Spartan course, you know what I mean? And they always go in as a team, you know. They, they, they always tackle every single obstacle. They're always motiv highly motivated. They're always positive. I mean, they're, they're like the greatest people that you can run into on the courses, you know what I mean? So it's like, you don't, I, I don't see enough, like, there's not enough, like, like, recreational activities that i've seen them do it's like well well i don't see why they can't do this you know i mean this is something that i feel that you know we, we could provide to provide to them if, if they're interested in it and they're massively interested so i'm like all right well hey you're more than welcome come on over that's rad so how many i mean how many people do you have signed up for that event um well let me see we've got not as many as we want to but that's we, we're still months away so yeah. it'll pick up uh, the funny thing about events is that it generally picks up closer to the day to to the day of the event or the in the month than like way out. So yeah, that's usually how it is, though. I mean, if you're gonna throw an event, even like I don't know a month out, it's usually a week before that people are gonna be like signing up for it. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because you, you know, I mean, uh, what I've learned through my <laughs> trial and errors, you have to have enough run up uh, months to be able to market properly, mm -hmm. you know, especially for us because we're a smaller company and a lot of people don't know what we do or why we do it. Um, but uh, you know, we have to have enough run-up, uh, enough months to run up on the uh, the event. And then once we get to, you know, like in the, the, the last three weeks of the event, all of a sudden our registration numbers generally pop up, you know. Yeah, man. Well, if you need any help, like pushing the message, man, definitely uh, send me some information. I'll uh, definitely throw that out on our on our socials for sure. Yeah, no, no, I'd really appreciate that. I can actually send you uh, our, our press packets, um, and uh, you know that will give you pretty much all the information and kind of show you uh, some of the guys that uh, that are working with us and stuff. Oh yeah, man, send me that stuff, man. I'll uh, definitely pump that out for you, help you out. And I, th I, right, cool. I think what you got going on is freaking awesome, and you're you're paying it forward. And these are some like tier one endurance and well endurance and just feats of physical strength in general so I, i'm totally all about it man yeah I, well no I, I really appreciate that yeah and then you know i don't want to scare people away because a lot of the stuff on our longer programs are intense but like the lightning modules you know i mean they they're for like four to eight hours and um again we go back to that uh that that hot shot approach where we're we're like the crew that I was on, we were really supportive of each other. And I'm pretty sure every hotshot crew is, especially during critical, critical training. You want everybody to be in shape. But here's the thing. You don't, want to, you don't want to be so negative on this guy that you're breaking him down. Because what you're doing is if, you break in, if you're breaking this person down, you're breaking down your support system mm -hmm. on the fire line. You know? uh, and, that's, and, and the last thing we want to do is have you know, a, a negative broken down person next to us. Because then you can't rely on them because they're broke. Yeah, well, those you know, bad and, attitudes spread like a cancer, typically. Yeah, and you're the one that broke them. And it's like, all right, well, you know. So what we do is we do the same thing as, as we were doing on the crew is we'll, we, we support, you know. Um, and and it's, it's difficult to explain, but it's very easy to show um, and kind of very easy to put somebody through, you know, uh, success through support instead of, you know, success through, uh, uh, um, <laughs> success through uh, not, uh, no support. <laughs> aggressive um, motivation <laughs> I'm doing yeah, quotes yeah. here yeah but that's um the uh, uh the lightning modules are the ones where 
if you're whether you're a beginner or you have done endurance events before, everybody's going to get a quality experience. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? that's uh, the thing. It doesn't sound like it's like everything's just built so heavy that it's built to fail. I mean, there is you can succeed in it. It's going to be hard, but then again, just like with fighting fire, you need to learn how to embrace the suck. Yeah, well, uh, and that's the thing. It, it's like you don't there. There is no like you know. The, you get all these motivational things. It's like there's no growth, you know, inside the comfort zone, and and you know, and stuff like that. And the one thing that we've learned, or I've learned, is that um, the the limitations that people put them put on, put put onto themselves are they're kind of like it's your brain's way of uh, keeping you in the safety zone. You know, it's almost like putting a uh, like a governor. Uh, on an engine in a car yeah is you're trying to make sure that the you know that you know the rpms are low enough and your speeds are low enough and, and you're just kind of putting these limits on this car and these and it's the same way with your brain is is your brain puts limits on itself to keep you in the safety zone and the thing is the limits that your brain puts onto you are far lower than what your actual limits are and so what we're trying to do um, ideally with lightning module is to show you that whatever limits you think you have are absolute lies. Oh, no, just, lies that you've been telling yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are, these are lies that your brain has been telling you. And what we're going to do is we're going to use our methods to shatter your limits. And that's what we do is, is at the end of the event, no matter what level you are, whether you're a novice or an expert, you're going to, you're going to find that whatever limit you had was not the limit. That's epic. And that's got to be a, like a life-changing experience for whoever whoever does this or participates in one of your events too. I mean, yeah, yeah well, dude. yeah, they get that they get that brotherhood that 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 we have as hotshots, you know. Oh, yeah. Um and, and they get to Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't I was going to say that's like that's super motivating for it's even anybody. I mean, that's anybody. That's motivating for me. I'm sure it's motivating for you with your shared experience. That's awesome. I wish everybody could yeah. experience that. Yeah, no, that, that it's. I think if we were able to have that that type of connection with each other, that we would have a much better society. <laughs> no shit, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, whatever hotshot runs for twenty twenty on president, I'd probably vote for him. So. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I know we got a lot of talented people out there too, and <laughs> probably a lot of people that are more than qualified than our current politicians <laughs> run for yeah. office. So, got my vote. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll vote for a hot shot. Just let me know, you know, what crew you're on, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, let's go from there. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, I think that's uh, pretty much the tie-in point. I mean, what else do you got for us? Um, well, yeah, you can just uh, uh, everybody can find us at firefighterfitendurance.com, the longest internet name in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, well, firefighter fit was already taken, so firefighter fit endurance was, you know, there it is. Um, but we're on we're on uh, Facebook, we're on Instagram, same name. Um, you can find us three elements uh, on Facebook, and then three lmnz.com uh, on on the internet. Um, and then i i can't I can't leave without saying, you know, a huge thank you to Type One Gear, Hotshot Brewery. Um, they've, they've been with us since the very onset in the beginning, they've supported us a hundred percent on all of our endeavors and we really appreciate their support and help. Um, uh, C4, uh, is, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, hum kombucha, uh, is also one of our sponsors. So I got to give them a shout out. Um, and then my wife, Annalisa Cha, uh, she's the logistics, she's marketing logistics for our, for my companies. And, um, She's the one that gives the whole event the family touch. She's the one that she's the one that makes sure that everybody has like like chicken noodle soup at two in the morning when it's you know forty degrees. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, she's the one that makes sure that we have like uh, at the end of our like uh, initial attack. She's the one that makes sure that we have breakfast burritos and oatmeal and coffee. You know, for our participants when they're done, you know, getting their their butts kicked by us. So as long as those uh, burritos aren't still frozen like they typically are on the fire line. <laughs> oh God, yeah. As long as it's not a freaking vegetarian cream cheese burrito with you know oh. celery in there, yeah. The meat no, sandwich. No, yeah, they're eggs, potato. They're really pretty delicious. Um, uh, which is completely opposite from fire food. <laughs> typically the case, yeah. I mean, I mean, when's the last time you had a, a veggie egg omelet MRE? No, no, <laughs> F that, no. 
No, we were not allowed to trade in our MREs unless it was a veggie omelet. And no one likes a rat fucker? (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. And no one likes that gelatinous gray block of crap either. Dude, have you you ever noticed that all MREs kind of smell the same? Uh, Going in or coming out? Both. Pick one, (laughs) choose one. (laughs) They all have the same similar taste. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's just, yeah. I, I, they're disgusting. Well, I mean, after eating them for so many years, they become rather disgusting, but, yeah, dude, ugh. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, for a while there, I was liking the pork rib because there was, a, uh, there was a, a clam chowder that I seemed to really like, especially when I put, you know, like the Tabasco in there, and yeah. then, like, the chicken pesto, if you put the jalapeno cheese spread, and then, like, uh, like Tabasco, and you Money. mix it up. Money. Yeah, yeah. That, the cheese tortellini, um, too, that one's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the tortellini. Hell yeah, dude. That shit's bomb, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, we were allowed to, uh, uh, what they told us on the crew was, hey, so long as you have enough food for, you know, two shifts or the operational, two operational shifts, then I don't care if it's an MRE. I don't care if it's, you know, whatever, whatever you got, so long as you got the food to cover you. And so um, what I was doing was actually taking, getting rid of most of the MRE because <laughs> there's, it's garbage. I, I, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And then I was getting like pouches of tuna because you can get those flavored tuna pouches and stuff. So like um, the weight in my pack uh, was I was being able to pull more weight out of my pack and actually put more nutrition in there. You know, so it's critical, man. You need those calories. It's like every no, hot yeah. shot, dude. Every hot shot when they come off the season, man, they're just like skinny and gaunt and just looking like they're Skeletor walking off the line. Uh, 18 to 23 pounds a year I would lose from the start to the end. Jesus. Eight, yeah. And I'm, 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 dude, I'm five foot Smurf, you know, I'm, I'm a short <laughs> dude. <laughs> I don't have 18 to 23 pounds to lose on this freaking frame, man. You know, so. Dude, I feel you, man. I'm only five seven. So, I mean, <laughs> I ain't got much ass to lose either. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny because I mean, every time you take a look at a crew picture, it's like, it's like, who brought their adopted son? You know, it's like take your kid to work day. So you get all these guys that are like, you know, tall, and then you get it's like, it's like tall, 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 and then there's a space, tall, tall, tall. Wait a second, we go back to the space, look down. Oh, yeah, it it is a person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Oh, man. So, well, dude. But, uh, yeah, man, that's. Yeah, the fucking weight loss, dude. Just yeah, I don't even want to like think about it. I'm 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 putting on my holiday gut right now. <laughs> trying, your trying. your your winter weight. My my winter dad bod, hopefully. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe soon. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Practice makes perfect, right, honey? Yes, it does, sir. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh man. All right, dude. Well, I think that's about the end of the show. So I uh, just want to th- say thank you for coming on the show and uh, telling us all about Firefighter Fit Endurance. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, get you scheduled here in Reno. Hopefully we can host an event for you somewhere around here. I think that'd be dope. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about as well, is um, trying to bring that up to uh, um, uh, up to you guys. Um, but we can talk about that some other time. Speaking of which... Um, do you do like individual uh, stations? Like, we do you do we like host events at uh, like a hotshot barracks or like a station and anything like that? We're open to it. We haven't done one yet. Um, we've done corporate stuff uh, just because you know you get a lot of uh, the leadership stuff and mm-hmm. the team building. Um, again, like I was saying, you know, uh, everybody says, "Oh yeah, I know," you know, teamwork. But then when you connect three people together by their ankles with duct tape and tell them to lunge. <laughs> Um, the then all changes. of a, yeah, then all of a sudden they don't know teamwork. You know what I mean? That, that, and now they have to, they have to actually apply teamwork to do it because then 20 feet, you know, like 20 yards later, we connect another person and then another 20 yards later, we connect another person. I've had a line of 30 people having to lunge all at the same time. Um, and being able to, you know, and what they, what I tell them that teamwork is, and I said, teamwork comprises of two components, communication and coordination. You have to communicate your, uh, your intent and you have to coordinate your efforts. If you, ha- if you don't have either one of those, you don't have a thing. That's and a true that's statement. what they have to learn. I love it. I love it. Well, man, uh, as far as, uh, yeah, getting in contact with you, you got your website down, we got your socials. So for everybody who's listening, hit him up, man. 
he's more than willing to work with you. And if you got questions, definitely hit him up. And yeah, uh, and oh, go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, and if and if it sounds like something like you'd want to try to try to be an advisor, let me know too. Sweet man. Well, there you go, guys. Episode number twenty-five in the books with Firefighter Fit Endurance. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Episode number 25 is in the books with Kulchaw from the Firefighter Fit Endurance. Kul's a pretty cool dude, and he uh, he's definitely building a little empire there, and I think it's pretty cool that he's making Spartan races uh, for the Wildland realm. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely neat. He's got an interesting outlook on endurance and fitness and team building, and he all kind of melded all that together, and he made Firefighter Fit Endurance. So if you guys have any questions for him, definitely hit him up. Uh, if you guys have any questions about even off-season fitness or you know what should i do to become a hot shot as far as fitness uh the fitness aspect aspect goes definitely hit him up he's uh on instagram twitter facebook all that good stuff so hit him up hope you guys enjoyed the show see you on the next one